How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Um, quick answer is eh, eh. Yeah, it's that noise with the shoulder shrug, <laughs> the the eh. squeaky, the squeaky eh. 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 It's a, uh, it's fine enough, but I guess just waiting for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Am I so- right, people? Yeah. <laughs> Got, yeah, the people who are now potentially <laughs> coming right off of the weekend into Monday. It could still be true. Um, do you think just, anybody listens to this Sunday night? Jake, you had me. Uh, do you think anybody listens to this? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic joke. Um, and the entire population has been exhausted from this qualifier. I really like, though, the idea of one person who listens. They're like, you know what? I am ready for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with what this guy's saying. I think it's Calvin Harris, actually. Who? Uh, Calvin Harris. He's a musical person. He's got a song that's like ready for the weekend. It's like, I'm in my shoes and I'm ready for the weekend. Weekend. No? Okay. Huh. That's a brand new concept that has just started within the last year of appreciating the weekend for not being <laughs> yeah. work related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What will this, this newest generation and their hot takes? Um, or McDonald's and their hot cakes. I, I raised my eyebrows and inhaled like, oh, but I haven't had those in such a long time. Yeah. I just hear like the food cue and I'm like, oh, what's up? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this is the start of the episode. I guess we should get to food at some point. I mean, I know you live by the McDonald's real close. Yeah. Have you guys been going? Have you still stopped there for lunch from time to time? Or? <laughs> we really need groceries. So like we have so, yes, been, I've been there getting the food recently. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, so we literally had to pull the ripcord on a Taco Bell trip, which is how desperate um, the situation is. But we were going to turn into um, a Taco Bell down the road. Not going to say where, but you know the one. Um, and it had uh, we went to turn in and it's like a car that was already in line had to wait so I could like enter the actual parking lot. And I'm like, okay, I'm not blocking the road. So I guess we're all right. And then like more cars continue to like pile in behind here. And I'm like, they're literally going to back out into the road. There were so many people in line at Taco Bell and it was moving so slowly. Um, We abandoned. We just like pull off and leave. So you'd be like, pull off, parked, walked in, got our food and left. (laughs) It's like, it's so desperate. Like I realize that fast food in general, like you've people have seen the help wanted signs all mm. over the place, but um, like that that franchise in particular, people are like Taco Bell sounds pretty good, and like the employees are just like God no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's uh, they're every all other Everybody fast food place seems to be like how Chick Fil A is. Every time I've driven by one. Mm-hmm. I guess their food's like really super fucking delicious because like it, the cars wrap all the way around from the start of the drive-thru to again the start of the drive-thru. Yeah. Yeah, some like they literally just don't have the space for it anymore. Um which is insane, like compared to how things used to be. But those were the before times. And these are the current times where you, you really can't do that. So we have been ordering food, you know, DoorDash a bit more. Um, making somebody else deal with the problem, I guess, is really what that is. But I don't know. We tip, so. Oh, you do? I don't. 
<laughs> yeah. Like it, it puts it in by default. And I'm like, how about they get nothing? <laughs> I actually I make pl- them pay me. <laughs> right. That's the joke I was going for. It's like, and then you rob them when they deliver <laughs> your food, you know, with your delivery address and name and credit card information and all of that. I don't say leave at the door. I say, let me see the whites of their eyes. Mm-hmm. This is the home alone. Keep the change. You filthy animal <laughs> voice line on the other side of the door. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that, though. There are times where I, I really do enjoy cooking, as you've heard me ramble about over the years. Um, but there's so many times where I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Uh, namely, like if I don't have company. I'll eat a cold can of like cat food. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like there's sometimes it's just like eating to live. Uh huh. And for me to like want to live to eat, I need company to enjoy it with and be like, oh, I'll make the extra effort. Or I need to be in like a really good mindset and be like, oh, it's Friday. I have some extra time. I'll go grocery shopping and plan a meal and yeah. do like a whole two hour ordeal. Yeah. I mean, I don't really cook, so I can I can only empathize in spirit. Um, but you did really sell the can of cat food thing. You look like just a little bit scraggly, like maybe like there's some humidity. It's like the temperature is yeah, like a little bit the, off. The way I have the headset and how my uh-huh. hair is like a little bit longer up top, it just looked like. He he did do that, huh? <laughs> right. I I would believe it. Yeah, no, he's he fought a cat, a can of cat food. That's His feast was not actually that fancy. This guy's roughing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. That's that's the way it be. Uh, well, we are planning on going out to get some food, probably local stuff first to get us through the week if we need to, and then some actual grocery shopping, but it's honestly like two or three weeks overdue. I'm like looking at the fridge, and it's like, it's so clean. <laughs> also, there's nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you in the mood for? Eggs or the last bit of orange juice? Ah, I guess I guess we'll order something. Yeah, we have neither of those. It's, it's all things that would go onto something else, like sauces or like condiments in general, things like that. It's very little in there. Or like food that we should probably throw out at this point because it's inedible. That's the other thing. Poison. Yeah, that can also like go <laughs> on to stuff for sure, but I'd not recommend it. Yeah. But what's been funny is like even though we haven't had food, uh, we've been getting there's like two um, Mexican places nearby, and I really love both of them. Um, Cranchero. No, that's the name of a burrito. What's the place? Uh, Panchero. Panchero. <laughs> it just went to flashbacks of a certain ready go. Um, but uh, Panchero and they have like these ridiculous, I might've already talked about their burritos on here. Um, but every time I go in person, the burrito size is like insane. Um, there's literally been multiple times that they have to double tortilla the burrito <laughs> because it like starts to break. Um, oh God, that would that would kill me. <laughs> it's so much. It's so much, but they're delicious. Um, I was even joking with Jenny because the other one you're going to mention, Lamone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. El, el, the lemon <laughs> and the lemon. <laughs> I figured like, hey, you got a burrito, didn't you? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, did you cut it in a half and then half again? Because like mm-hmm. they're huge. Like yeah. I've eaten a whole one, but then I've like questioned everything. And it was, it's not fun. But like half is really good. And you have like some chips and guac. Do you also like the burritos from there or you get something oh, else? Yes. I, I, I do. I think last time I got enchiladas, um, uh, like carnitas enchiladas, but um, I think you're just saying Spanish words, Jake. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I honestly, the best, the next phase, the next level up in life, the requirement I have to meet is like make Mexican food and like have it on hand. Just have like rice, beans, meat, figure out how you make Mexican food and then just go with it. Cheese, obviously, like probably ridiculous amounts of cheese also included sour cream or whatever. But I mean, some um, of the recipes are not crazy to make homemade. Mm hmm. I would start with tacos, everybody's favorite. Just do I like might. the brown ground beef, add taco seasoning, and put in a. I forget it was like the brand of like generic ass tortillas. Right. I'm not sure. I haven't done the research for this life advancement yet, so I can't say, but I, I could make quesadillas. That was yeah, pretty easy. There you go. It's just like cheese. And there you go. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, Maybe though, I have trouble with grilled cheese. But, <laughs> but quesadillas, yeah. But um, we have a we have a, a heuristic for do we need to go grocery shopping? And it is we just ordered food to us or we went out to a fast food place. And the reason that we did was because we didn't have anything else to eat. Um and we failed the heuristic like six times consecutively. <laughs> so it's time to resolve. Wow. That's a, uh, I, I understand it. Like for you guys, like that seems like a very, you guys thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, I haven't got grocery shopping yet. But like for me, I'm going like every three days. Gotcha. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I, I want to have something, but I want to mm-hmm. get too much to where, it's going to sit and then I have to prepare something like right now I have like some raw chicken because mm-hmm. I only cooked one breast uh, and now I'm like oh I got to use that I gotta use that sometime can't can't be Saturday and now I'm like yeah I mean that's a trick with um, food that doesn't keep unfortunately but that's life you know yeah. we probably go shopping once a month grocery shopping once a month or so what Man, you guys better be going to like BJ's or something. Otherwise, you better throw out a lot of that food. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it. I mean, not all of it is uh, disposable. I'll get like noodles and things like that. I don't Maybe know why. Like, that. obviously, like when you said noodles, you meant like pasta, like something in a box or something that's dry. I right. immediately went to like, why are they wet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just bring a bucket and I just throw some some noodles in. You got any pre-sogged things? <laughs> yeah. It saves Sog- time when I'm home. I just heat it up and add the cheese. Sog is a really weird word. It sounds it sounds weird. Do you prefer sog or sag? Hmm. I don't really like either. <laughs> um, what would you say that your uh, alert alertness is right now? Like if if somebody were to like throw nunchaku at you. How uh, how likely would you be able to be able to catch it? I'd be able to block part of my face and go, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would catch it. That's fair. I'm very tired. I'm not right looking now. down the hallway. Like, <laughs> What's going on? Just in case. I'm very tired. I feel like I'd just die on the spot. <laughs> That's, that would be how i go. Um, Somebody throwing then Chaco at you, not, not hitting you with it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they if they just approach and they're not literally, I guess, I guess if they're using nunchucks, they probably are some sort of martial artist 
with a good stealth skill. So my thought was they can throw it at me and I wouldn't have the chance to respond, mm-hmm. but they would just sneak up. They're clearly a ninja. So you'd wait for the DM to say like roll for initiative, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but you yeah. just set down the die on a one. You're like, listen, <laughs> surprise round. Speaking of surprise you... rounds. Oh my gosh. Thank God. I was wondering when the segue was coming. I stole it from you, and I'm sorry. No, no, I absolutely needed it. I really want to talk about Elden Ring. Sure. It's been low-key on the radar and then more high-key on the radar. But they recently had a network test where a bunch of personalities in gaming or Dark Souls community specifically had a chance to play through a demo about like eight hours. um, And then everyone's like making content from it, which is great for me. Because I didn't get in that or know about it, but I get to see more of the game content and how it's looking. And it's looking good. It's a really generous amount of content. Like I half expected them to really, there is a blocker. So I wasn't sure. Literally the videos people are putting out about this were like half an hour long. And people are like, yeah, yeah, I did like eight run throughs and all this stuff. I'm like, what is going on? But there is like a ladder, I guess, at the end. It's sort of like an act one, just the first section of the open world type situation. Oh, yeah. Like they do gate it at a point. Yeah. It is really funny. It's a ladder that just has a prompt, like an in-game pop up. That's just like stay tuned for the full game or whatever. It kind of reminds me of like those older like shareware style games where you're like um just arbitrarily at some point, here's the cutoff. Send us 10 bucks in the mail and we promise that we'll send you a CD. Um, I mean, they could legitimately do that now and people would uh, fall over to do so. Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) so point in fact, um, apparently somebody sold on eBay one of these early access codes or the, the not even early access. This is, for clarity, a network test code uh, for $450. Literally, this is the first part of the game, and you can see the entirety of it on YouTube because people got in. Mm-hmm. $450. Yeah, uh, some people have a lot more money than me. Uh, and that's, that's crazy. Yeah, but it looks good. It does. Mm-hmm. So far, this is like my blanket expression that I'm stealing from other YouTubers. It does seem like the culmination of their other games. Mm-hmm. Not Bloodborne specifically, um, but like they have. Hmm? I would argue, like not Sekiro either. Like, what has, I'll let you. I'll let you finish your thought. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you finish your thought. Then I'm gonna go in and antagonist. All right, I'm gonna go up defensive now. Mm-hmm. It has For some sure. Sekiro elements in that <laughs> uh, you can stealth a little bit as an option. Yeah. Whereas before, stealth and Dark Souls was just kind of like just walking slowly and trying to like maybe get a backstab on an mm-hmm. unawares NPC. They have so much fucking verticality now yeah. Um, because it is an open world, but it's not flat. Uh, you can jump now, which is the first time ever in a Dark Souls before you had to do like a rigmarole command of some things. And yeah, it was it wasn't two. terrible in three. It was definitely it was, better in three for like how you triggered it because it was just run and then middle like just press uh, L3, right? Yes. Like the joystick button. But if I remember correctly, older Dark Souls had some weird jank. Well, for it was jumping. like run with B and then like tap B. That's what it was. Like yeah, yeah. Jump or something. You're like, it was what? really bad. It was a shitty input. That was right. But like they even 
in both videos, like they showed people like jumping to the edge of a castle and then like mm-hmm. walking around like some of the windows. Like, oh, shit, it's an area you can actually get to. Maybe it's yeah. planned similar to how it was in Dark Souls 1. Forgetting the name of the the shitty area with the giant knight, the Silver Knights. Oh, Anne Orlando. Anne Orlando. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount of places you can go to now, it just, it seems wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's really Sekiro-like verticality. Yeah. No, no grappling hook, unfortunately. But you can get a horse that can double jump. <laughs> yeah, a first for gaming, uh, I think. <laughs> we've, we've arrived. <laughs> um, they really were just like, how much do we owe our community the ability to jump? And then they all piled on. <laughs> People were just like, nah, let's spend six months in development just on jumping. Okay, Car- character player character, jump. jump. The horse can double jump. You know, we need jump pads too, guys. <laughs> right. The the one thing I haven't seen, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, if you can do a Yoshi dismount, <laughs> you double jump and then abandon your horse for yet a third jump. <laughs> I do not know about that. I don't, I don't I've think I've at least that. not seen it in the video, but you can kind of direct where you go off the jump pad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not like forced like, oh, it's an automatic going to reposition you from here to there. Mm-hmm. It's literally a, we're going to launch you up and you have some degree of drift to go kind of where we were pointing you or back or somewhere else. Yeah. And apparently like I didn't I didn't realize this, but um are, are you familiar with a uh, Zuli Zuli the witch? Yeah. Like her Dark Souls videos. She has like and Soulsborne content and stuff. She covered the fact that like uh this is the first time that FromSoft seems to have actually pulled off having like a mount and someone mounted on the mount that aren't the same NPC. Actually, apparently even in Sekiro, the mounted boss was just a single NPC. All of it was like tied together and then just... Oh, they weren't separate rigging. Yeah, it was okay. all just one set of rigging. Um, but they they pulled it off for um, for Elden Ring. So, And it's not like the first... like. There's actually, once you think about that, you realize how much they've sort of avoided having mounted combatants in Dark Souls with like all of these bosses. And even the um, uh, the Lothric princes were like the part where the younger prince is on the um, older prince's back. That's one character with a hidden NPC. That's like all it is. Um, so it's really hilarious, like what they pulled off. Yeah. By the way, that's just like a cool fight. Mm-hmm. But in general, like so far, everything I've seen, to be fair, like I've been starved to Dark Souls content for a bit, mm-hmm. but it all looks so good. Yeah. Like even when they just showed like, here's an enemy, I'm like, oh, cool. And it's like the most basic enemy. They show the giants. I'm like, oh my God, it's really, ah. And then they yeah. show like some of the magic you can do. And it doesn't look like shit. Yeah. And it seems viable. Yeah, I think like magic is probably one of the biggest jumps for me. But I I, I did want to mention like how this fits into like the rest of their games. It almost I didn't expect Elden Ring to be as much Dark Souls as it is because of the explicit call out like, hey, Dark Souls is done. We're done with that. And then they release Sekiro, which although it has some 
similar DNA is actually a really different game. Yeah, it's Souls. much more different. Like, well, it's it, it's more divergent um, from Dark Souls than Bloodborne was. Absolutely. Like, it's single player. That's already massive. Um, there are no summons. It's all, like, there based are off no sword stance <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, like, you, you don't have all of that. It's just focusing on sword gameplay and stealth and all of these things that really didn't exist in the previous games. And it's kind of interesting that coming off of that, like... Yes, Elden Ring incorporates elements from Sekiro, but it is also a massive return to the Dark Souls formula. Literally, like, soul-like equivalents. Bonfires, also Sekiro had that, but, um, like, uh, this exact same backstab animation, right, is, like, Dark Souls 3. It's... I wonder if it's at some point in the development they were, like, aiming for something else and they're like ah let's kind of just do another souls like um and that surprised me because you know they said they were done with dark souls and this could be a dark souls game from how it looks uh hmm. i take some egress with your statement mm-hmm. and this is like the, <laughs> is that, is that the ratings i gotta look up egress because i thought egress was like leaving Maybe I'm thinking of a different word. Egress is the action of going out or leaving the place. <laughs> so it's actually the way you said it is hilarious because I'm just, I'm just imagining you leave. Um, but you mean like a fence or uh, what do you mean? I'll think of the other E word later. Take but exception. Yeah, I, I take some issue with your statement, yeah. basically. Because yeah. um, like you've mentioned that on multiple occasions that FromSoft has obviously like publicly said, hey, mm-hmm. we're not doing Dark Souls anymore. So yeah. I just think they mean like that as this series. Mm-hmm. I feel still feel like they're going to have a lot of those elements in their games because it's worked. Yeah. Um, so it's like Kingsfield, right? Like even before people played their games, they had this formula they were iterating on. Yeah. And it's working for them. And I do think they're still going to keep playing with it. But I think like the major thing here is, hey, um, if we want to do an open world game, but kind of keep some of those core elements that we like doing and our player base likes how do we incorporate that yeah so they did it by like here's an open world section and you have smaller dungeons and you have bigger areas with like bosses you'll have some scattered content in an open world game mm-hmm. that just rewards you for exploration it's still keeping all of those open world things there but adding a i guess a soulsy twist or like what's familiar there yeah, and I, I don't mean to, like, reduce the effort required. Like, if you were to pick a modifier, the two, like, most expensive modifiers to add to the description of a game to make it, like, worse or less likely to ever launch, it's, like, MMO and open world. Like, those are literally the ones. That's how you, you can absolutely ruin a game. Um, and it, this doesn't look bad at all all of the early impressions admittedly a lot of them are coming from people who are soulsborne content creators and like their entire livelihoods depend on this game doing well so grain of salt but um but it does look really good um and i'm not disappointed that it's it's a return to the souls like formula even more so i think than sekiro it's like sekiro was a branch out if this was like a tree 
Sekiro was departing to become something else, and then it wrapped back in, and Elden Ring joined the trunk of all of the uh, the concepts at play. We're at the top of the caduceus, mm-hmm. which that is a the... word I never get to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the guy who was uh, saying a bunch of smart things in China. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna leave it there. It's actually a good joke, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it it, it does look. It does look quite good. And the other, the other aspect can't be overstated is um, Sekiro had no multiplayer component and Dark Souls has a community. I should hope <laughs> like for our sake, <laughs> I should hope. Um, and the return of multiplayer is big. Yeah, I definitely want to touch more on that in a sec, but I will forget if I don't mention it now. Did you see that power stancing is back? I did. Yeah. Which is, it's funny. It's like, I don't know. They had some fake power stancing in um, Dark Souls 3. I think the last DLC, the double twin greatswords. Oh, yeah. But that was just a single item, really. Not actually equipping two different items. It was one weapon that you happen to have two weapons for. Um but yeah, they're taking they're taking stuff out of Dark Souls too. So vindication, <laughs> Dark Souls two was not completely a throwaway. Um, but it probably will just be power stance that they take from Dark Souls two. But also, like to go back on the magic a little bit. Oh yeah, we so skipped like, over it way too fast. Demon Souls, obviously, like from a graphical fidelity standpoint, blew everything out of the water for everything they've done previously because mm-hmm. it was on new hardware and it looks really good this is the remake Still haven't played it yet right? we'll get to it this is the yeah. remake this isn't yeah. ps3 um ps3 like, oh, oh uh, not ps3 gotcha 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 i forgot that's when the original came out <laughs> that's so long yeah um but like the spells that like they were showing even just like the trailer but much mm-hmm. more so with like the the network test like it looks impactful it's not like here's my soul dart Here's my yeah. soul arrow. Here's my soul bigger arrow and beam. It's like, hey, I'm calling in all of the gods to help me out with this magical ability. And it's like yeah. raining down shit. And there's particle effects. And it looks like it. it's going to fuck some shit up. Yeah. They there's also such look, a diversity, too. Like, some of those more dramatic ones look kind of channeled. And, like, Dark Souls has channeled spells. Usually, <laughs> I think, pyromancy more associated with like flames erupting all around you or something but none of them it's rare that there's this massive area i mean it's i guess it's because it's an open world game right like so you can have massive spell area effects and have it actually look good and not be miserable it's also gonna be like a way to help deal with like oh you run into uh, a mob of people there's like Mm -hmm. 13 enemies in a camp and you didn't use stealth or you fucked up stealth how do i fight 13 people at once do i run and kite or do i have some more aoe viable magic right like one i was seeing a lot was like they kind of have like these claws they drag along the ground and then as mm-hmm. the animation finishes like you see some like spectral claws that are like huge kind of go along the ground it looks really cool it's really obvious that they were like operating with some pretty explicit constraints for the spells in previous games like before you even mentioned like soul dart like dart and soul arrow homing soul arrow great soul arrow all of that stuff i was just like yeah it is that's all i have associated with classic sorcery um 
there are some cool things that they had in the past, you know, like great sword swing, temporary great sword or life hunt scythe. But um, those are exceptions. And even then they aren't the fanciest. They could be a little bit better. It's and it's kind of ramped it up. in nature. Yeah. In comparison. They really ramped it up. The fact you can cast while on horseback is huge. Um, but I, I didn't realize literally until I was watching this where I was like, um, and they showed some magic earlier, but um, things, people will do things if they look cool. Like, I bet a lot of people literally never did a magic playthrough in Dark Souls because you just stand there, wave your stick in the air, and then a little blue sprite runs over and hits somebody. <laughs> like, it's like it, the first Harry Potter game type magic. It's really, really, really nice. It's just intrinsically less intense than cutting somebody up with a Uchi Katana or parrying or anything else cool. Also, like, the weapons have really cool weapon arts now, too. Yeah, like there was one with I think the weapon arts are not specifically always tied to the weapon specifically. It might be the type of weapon. So if it's like bladed or a pole arm or something else. Yeah, which but is smart. Was, yeah, it's it's nicer to move it around and not feel like I really like this one ability, but I hate how it plays in the damage. Mm-hmm. Um, just freedom of player choice. But basically, like they're spinning the blade around really quick around their hand and then like they kind of like drop it in the ground yeah um i'm describing it poorly but it looked badass yeah they kind of spin it like they they spin it like a bola or something like that like so rapidly it becomes just a disc a a blade yeah Yeah. um now it it looks really cool the the graphical impact to combat seems like it's seen a a lot of uh, extra fidelity and effort into it which is good because I mean, for the most part, other than some cool locales and some cool bosses, Dark Souls, for the most part, is like pretty muddy, sort of basic fighting arenas. There are pretty parts to the game. Majula, Dark Souls 2, great area. Looks very Majula pretty. Majula Amblagana. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, that's the one. Um, but like nothing, as soon as the fight breaks out, um, a lot of that fidelity is lost most of the time, with, with few exceptions. Well, I feel like they definitely got better with Sekiro. Oh, yeah. Sekiro. Like once you go up to the palace. <laughs> whew. Yes. That's looking pretty nice. As soon as as soon as the Japanese game developers go like back to Japan, they put a lot of effort into it for some reason. <laughs> but um, I actually forget about Sekiro in some of these comparisons because it's so, again, such a much so much of a departure from my perspective that like it's weird to compare that in the same way like i can compare elden ring much more closely to dark souls 3 dark souls 2 oh yeah even bloodborne than sekiro i agree with that um but yeah dark souls 1 and 2 are much more uh function over form mm-hmm. which is fine like there's never any point I'm like this looks so bad i don't understand what's going on visually which if your game is ever at a point with that it sucks because you as a player trying to figure out what's going on, trying to experience the game. Right. But this then, isn't a Korean MMO, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're included by numbers or text or mm-hmm. some other bullshit going on. It's like the same reason that they will highlight enemy projectiles in like Toho games or mm-hmm. in Isaac or other things. Like, oh, that's my tell that that's okay. Visual indicator. Helpful. Right. So, yeah. sorry, to pull the pin out of the multiplayer thing, because uh-huh. I will forget going back to it. 
<laughs> so they have invasions again? Yeah. Did you see how they worked? I did. Yeah. Okay. It's, so it looks it looks weird. I'm not sure how I feel about it. You can describe it. Okay. Uh, so for the listener, um, by default, if it's just you, you cannot be invaded. But if you summon someone in to help, then you can be invaded. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. So you can never be like just going through single player, enjoying your time, uh, and then get ganked. Whereas previous games, you would be embered or you'd have humanity and you'd have more health, but then someone would come in and gank your shit. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that if you just want to experience the game single player, right. which is, I think, a cool change. Yeah, it I think Dark Souls harder for an invader too, because now it's always at least one other person. Right. I think Dark Souls 2 is the only one that didn't have a condition. There was an internal cooldown, I think, but it didn't have like a character. You have humanity or your embered type condition that uh, was the prerequisite to being ganked. You could just be invaded repeatedly in Dark Souls 2, uh, although there was a cooldown, I believe, internally. Um, like it's said, weird to take it completely out. <laughs> right, yeah. Dark Souls 2, really well represented in the community. <laughs> loves it. But um, it's really weird to take that out of the solo gameplay. Basically, if you take the solo player pool out of the antagonistic PvP, um, you're not going to have that many people in the pool. Like, there's literally uh, like a situation in Dark Souls 1 is if you died in an area, there was no reason to necessarily use humanity if uh you felt you could get through with half health because it was half health in dark souls one right i don't think it was that drastic it was definitely a good bump yeah maybe it wasn't it wasn't that bad there was a ring that reduced it anyways i digress um but uh a lot of people like ran through hollow because it was just more effort to get humanity or you would run out until you literally get to the boss then you pop humanity Summon your phantoms or whatever, beat the boss. And Jake, continue. you been watching me play? What's going on? <laughs> this is a common playstyle, but like the reason I can explain that is because like Elden Ring is that essentially, right? Like, unless you're explicitly bringing in players to kind of like help you out, you're not even eligible to be invaded. That's weird. Uh, I mean, a bit. I've always been in the camp of. I don't I don't want people fucking up my shit. <laughs> it is fun to fuck up other people's shit though. But mm-hmm. it is nice that's now an an opt-in. Cause like I'm definitely gonna want to play certain parts co-op. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like we'll just hop on play together and just explore. And maybe right. we will be invaded and we'll get to fight people. And it'll be fun to have that engagement and plan. Because the other thing is with this, because it's open world. There's not a, oh, they're going to be posted up at this one spot. It's, they could be anywhere. Right. Um, maybe they'll be hiding behind something. Maybe they'll jump out over something because they can now. Yeah. Any invader has a tool to help them with that, right? Yeah, they have items now when you invade. I think it's 10 uses. It's basically if you're too far away from an enemy, um, you can use it to kind of reappear closer to them. So you don't mm-hmm. have to like, just chase after them because I think horses are disabled uh, during that. Yeah. So you're not if you're in co-op, even before the yeah. invasion happens, horses are disabled. Is what I heard. Yep. Um, um, but the other thing I've heard about that is 
if let's say you're fighting an invader, uh, they can use it mid fight to yeah. essentially get out reset. temporarily. Yeah, yeah, reset their position. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that last one. That seems like it could be the most obnoxious thing. Like, I don't know. It's not a great on paper. The setup doesn't seem great for me. I don't know how many invaders you can have at once. Like, so like a fight club like situation. I think um, you have to opt into that a little more. Okay. Where there's probably a consumable. Yeah. But like um <laughs> in Dark Souls three, if the fight's going poorly, either party could potentially like Estus or heal. I think there was a way to heal as an invader. I mean, you might even get Estus a little you bit get of it some in Dark Souls Estus, 3. Yeah. And like Dark Souls two it was disabled, and Dark Souls one I think Estus is disabled for invaders, but there's other consumables. And in Dark Souls 1, people are going to have like a ridiculous amount of humanity. So you can farm that stuff in the DLC. I recommend it. Great spot. Um, but uh, when it comes to like resetting, like a hard reset, I'm just not here anymore. Um, that sounds really obnoxious to do 10 times with how quickly this item activates. Like how many times do you really want to beat the same invader? Yeah, I I don't want it to be like, Hey, hey again, Juliana. Are you getting Oreos on aisle three? Mm-hmm. I'll see you there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be very frustrated if I got like, oh, I've nearly fended them off. Oh, they've disappeared again. Yeah. They've healed. They're going to show up again in three minutes when it's inconvenient for me. And and you you made the joke, but like I feel like I should mention the way Deathloop handles it is Juliana only shows up once per map if she shows up. So like if you get invaded high tension but as soon as you beat uh juliana you know that she's not eligible to attack again like during that map and you can go about your business um having that knowledge is really nice compared to like a really harassing invader like we don't know i guess the balancing aspect of this is they're they're only going to invade if you have multiple people but but then you just kick your friend out (laughs) leave (laughs) But it's very much like, let's say you see like a spider on your desk. I'm not okay. talking about I'm the terrifying. personal experience or anything. Um, <laughs> and you go to hit it and then it runs under your desk. Okay. You've already you lost half You know it's not dead. Okay. But you don't know when it's going to appear again. How much mm-hmm. time do you spend looking for it? Yeah. Or do you just wait for it to rear its head again? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like it'll be tough. There's probably... People who spend time PvP and will probably find their spots. Just like Deathloop, just like older Dark Souls. But older Dark Souls had like a few areas per map where invaders would actually appear. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Um, so, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I suspect out of everything I've seen, this is what I expect to change most before the game actually goes live. Um... Because it doesn't seem like this reposition consumable item is meant to really get you out of combat. It's more like they're running away from me and we're the same speed, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Like <laughs> it's I need to like come upon them when they're unawares and they don't know I'm right behind them versus uh, things just very slowly going across the screen at the exact same pace. I had a thought and I finally nailed it down. The thing this reminds me of is Left 4 Dead versus. You could run away from the survivors yeah. if you got far enough behind. There was a button to press that would put you back in spawn mode. You'd be like um, a really quick ghost. You could 
you didn't interact with anything, but you could reposition, climb a wall, and they'd be like, I want to respawn here. Exactly. Yeah. And it was only eligible if if you were actually already spawned in. It was only eligible if you were really far behind them. Otherwise, when you were in spawn mode, you could hit a button to like warp back up to the front of the pack and find a spot. But yeah, um, that's just immediate convenience because I don't know, uh, running around and just chasing something sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but another convenience change they did: stamina does not exist or drain if you're running and not in combat. Right. Yeah, that's actually huge. So in an open world game, like, okay, you don't get the horse immediately. Imagine running, just exploring, but having to be like, all right, let's uh, stop exploring for a bit. Let's look at this tree. Nice tree. Okay, stamina's back. And then you have mm-hmm. to go. And you keep having those interruptions as you're exploring and playing. Kind of sucks. So that's yeah. a really nice change. The only reason it was tolerable in Breath of the Wild was literally because you had the horse. <laughs> like <laughs> most of the game. Otherwise, it would have been an absolute pain to run around. But I mean, like I get putting in a meter from time to time, mm-hmm. um, but this isn't a survival crafting game. So yeah. mm-hmm. it is. Cra- it has crafting though. That is true. excellent plan segue. We know very little about crafting. It seems like it's like basic consumables, maybe like arrows and things. Well, the one I'm most curious about that seems at this point very strong mm-hmm. are the sleep arrows. Right. So you can do your bow on horseback. You can do jumping bow shots. <laughs> and initially, like when they showed the sleeping dart in the the trailer, it's just like, here's like the curated playthrough. They use a sleeping dart on a guy at a camp. Okay, he's unconscious now. I don't have to worry about him for a little bit. I can attack mm-hmm. other people. When I watched a YouTuber who I follow show it, there was a giant. One of the giants mm-hmm. was like carrying the or pulling the carts, chasing after him. And he sleep darted him, and he fell asleep. Yeah, mid combat. Holy dart. fuck! Yeah. You can also hit like multiple people with that too. So it seems potentially really strong. I'm curious who all. I mean, I assume bosses obviously are immune, but um, I'm curious like how many funny situations if they were. <laughs> <they're right. laughs> like that's their one oversight. Super works on everybody. <laughs> Critical hit. <laughs> That would be funny. You just death blow repeatedly. They're just like, oh god, my face. And then you put him back to sleep, do it again. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's worth mentioning. There was another change. Quality of life change I really like. Um <laughs> landing so in, in, in the Souls like Soulsborne series, like there's different ways you could get critical hits. The most common way was you did so much the equivalent of like poise damage Posh to an enemy. Yeah that um yeah posture uh and Sekiro makes this much more obvious by literally just building the combat around posture as a mechanic but um you're wailing on an enemy they take enough posture damage and they're just they, they fall into a like vulnerable state and you can run up and like stab them in the face or something like that which is usually reserved for if you parried in like pvp or against somebody that's parryable or gwyn <laughs> and um did a repost type animation um if you played bloodborne these were the ones where it was like absolutely covered in blood it just sprays everywhere those are their uh critical hits and in this in elden ring they're literally taking a page out of the resident evil playbook and they're introducing glowing weak spots um that show you where you need to interact once that stature is broken and i like it i miss that weirdly yeah 
I like it because this isn't like a boss fight where you're shooting the glowing weak spot, which is it's okay. It's not inspired. No one's going to call that inspired design. Um, but once you've already done, gone through the work of landing enough consecutive high posture damage hits on a boss that they literally have to take a knee, that's your work. Your work shouldn't be trying to determine where on this boss's hitbox you swing in order to get the special move, right? Yeah, there are definitely times where you go up to a dragon or something. You're like, this is really big, and you're just you're fighting for your life out there, mm-hmm. and you you don't want to try like, is it the tail? That one part of the tail, the wing? No, okay, the face. Oh, it's doing some right. right. Like it, it sucks to have to figure that out. I think a lot mm-hmm. of times in previous FromSoft games, it didn't matter. Damage was damage. You will always deal more. Da- you would always do more damage if they were in a staggered state. But there was a speci- There would usually be like, oh, okay, you hit them from the front. Now you'll go for like an animation stab. Um. Like well, effect. I, yeah, but I'm asking, like, did they have more location-based damage for certain oh, parts of enemies uh, or bosses? Some of them, usually, like, headshots and things like that. But it's a sword-swinging game. <laughs> There's only so much, like, locational damage you can really optimize for. Um, it's at least not been, like, a hugely prevalent mechanic where it mattered Yeah, if you needed to track that or not. I haven't seen it in Elden Ring, really, either, from what I've examined like actual boss weak points. Um, it's just the critical stab here when they're taking a knee uh, that's being added. And oh, like okay. I said, so I'm a you, fan. That's the part. Okay. Yeah. They're just making it. That's the glowing spot is once they're actually stagger broken. I thought you were saying like this person's knee is going to glow. So like hit that part. It's a weak spell. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. That would be bad. That would be back to basic boss design, right? Like <laughs> you're just like, okay. I get it. I'll hit. I'll hit the. And here I was, like blatantly defending it. Like, yes, I was good. <laughs> right. I was curious. I was. I was like, he seems. He seems a little bit offended that they're introducing this. No, it's only after you've knocked the boss to the ground that you know where to hit him next. So, yeah. It, so to clarify my bandwagoning point, it sucks to like have them stagger, and you're like, this is my opportunity. I know I have to do something. I know I have to punish. Then mm. you go up and you just do like a basic R one. You're like. I fucked it. <laughs> yeah, right. You would miss it, lose some damage, and the boss is just like, okay, I guess if you're not gonna The kill smash me, equivalent <laughs> is like breaking somebody's shield and you're like, oh, I'm cut and then you just like press A. Push once. Off the ledge. Or, yeah, like, oh, right. No. <laughs> yeah. Um so I'm a fan of that. Um there's a lot of other mechanics that have been introduced. There's the um the NPC summons in groups and like the selectable NPC summons, which is something that's kind of cool. Um, apparently only seems to work for like the big groups or something like that. And like the yeah, overworld like, or you can't like bring it to a boss it fight. And you're like surprise. Yeah. Although there was an example of a boss fight with a summon. It just didn't seem like that was one where you could bring the whole troop. I don't know exactly what the limitation okay, so maybe is. Maybe it's like multiple versus. Yeah. Hmm. Because there was like there was an enemy encampment, and apparently there's like a totem or something like that that determines if you can summon in your crew. Um, and uh, he just like summons four or five guys, and she's like, "All right, just five v five shirts and skins, let's go." Um, and or plate mail versus leather, as the case may be. Um, it looks good. It, it's a cool mechanic, and I like the. I really like the idea of building a squad of summons that you like. 
because like Black Iron Tarkus through the entirety of Dark Souls one please beat the game for me. Black Iron Tarkus speak win. Let's go. <laughs> Black Iron Tarkus versus the Rock Havel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tarkus will lose, but <laughs> that's all right. He'll do his best. Oh, is Tarkus only good against really, really tall people? <laughs> yeah, if he can, if he can hit the legs and knock them off the platform, that's his win. Can, that's his win con. Havel versus Gwendo is actually a lore appropriate fight, so that's the one I would love to have. But that's fine because he rejected the gods, correct? Yeah, he. Um, uh, I think one of the big tells for it is like when you get his set hidden behind i think it was an illusory wall on a fireplace yeah. or something in Anor Orlando. um he has an occult club and the occult clubs are specifically like bonus damage versus divine banes and you're like oh hmm. odd for you to have that mr knight person but yeah we're not a dark souls lore podcast <laughs> that's our other one please um, tune in <laughs> It's just called Not a Dark Soul, Souls Lore Podcast. And we <laughs> actually just talk about Dark Souls Lore. Um, so I assume you saw the starting classes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter anyway because you're going to pick a Bloody Wolf like everybody else. It looked really good. Bloody Wolf did. So the list was Warrior, Enchanted Knight, Prophet, Champion, and Bloody Wolf. Bloody um, Wolf what, is what anybody would have seen in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Really cool starting armor. Oh, yeah. Where's chainmail? Over the face. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean like uh, a hood? No, no, no. Over the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I uh, I haven't seen too much about each of the classes yet. But, I mean, I know it functions the same as previous Dark Souls games where it's like this is your starting attribute spread and yeah, gear. Yeah, probably like right? some starting yeah. items that help for that. But then yeah. you can branch out or switch entirely it's just harder to from the get-go the real question is like why is there and this is this is where this is where elgin ring loses all the points um why is there no deprived you're right jake kneecapped my enjoyment of the game (laughs) nobody picked it anyways but besides like lenny but (laughs) um no i i mean they all look cool and they're probably going to even add more, honestly. Mm-hmm. Unless that was their announcement of like, we're only doing these five. Fuck off. Right. Um, I mean, I imagine it can be hard to add them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. n- new, very similar model. Change base stats. Cool. Go. Yeah. I hope it's moddable. I realize that like. To a degree, I imagine it's possible. Um, yeah. Because like the previous ones were relatively moddable, not like Bethesda games. You can just literally take our previous game and put it in this game and tie the content together. But there were some cool mods and things for Dark Souls. I still remember actually a really stupid one. Like in uh, Dark Souls 1, there was a modded Zweihander uh, Mm -hmm. model that looked really cool. It was higher res, uh, but it also just said prepare to die on the blade i sent you a picture to it oh yeah um, that's awesome it was really funny uh it's incredibly meta you know for prepare to die edition of dark souls but it was it was great there's also an alternate version of the mod that was just uh instead of prepare to die it said uh 
uh, base cannon, <laughs> which was pretty funny too. But that's why Hinder was a fun weapon. Still is. Um, I can't remember what we were talking about. Something about Elden Ring, I think. Yeah. Um, you gonna buy it? I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm. This is like the first time I've ever even remotely considered like getting a special edition for something. Because mm-hmm. I don't really, I'm not one for knickknacks and or peripherals. Okay. Uh, in in general, as I cover part of the camera, that uh would be like some stuff on my desk. I think in total I have maybe 15 figurines mm-hmm. or like small toy representations of a character. Uh, but that's been accrued over my lifetime. Right. It's not Which my about- go-to. How long Dark Souls games and FromSoft games have been coming out? Ah, shit, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I really like everything about it. I've been hyped about this more so than I have been Tunic, which is the other game I occasionally mention once a year. I'm like, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with this because right. it looks cute. Um, but yeah, but it's not Dark Souls. That's the it's that's not. the key. That'll be my comment on their game. Not Dark Souls. <laughs> four out of five but i mean uh, so far I, like this seems to be hitting all of the bases or all the check oh, yeah. boxes that i didn't even know were on the page um mm. so i'm just excited for that there's also just a bit of like i'll take whatever they give me i'm just really <laughs> right. happy with everything i've been shown so far they haven't really released anything uh disengaging from the defending dark souls 2 meme persona for a second like it was rushed it was by you know a subset of the studio it didn't have all hands on deck for it and it's considered to be the most flawed or incomplete of the dark souls which is hilarious because there's a million bosses in dark souls too but um but it's also the closest thing to like a misstep dark souls from soft has ever done like since dark souls one at least you know i can't speak to kingsfield um that came out i wasn't even kidding apparently one came out in 1994. Basically, yes, the literal duration of our lives from yeah. soft games have been coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, we, we live in an age of a lot of game developers, game publishers losing face. Like maybe you love stuff that Square Enix does. You probably don't love all of it. Like, Really, you like Marvel Avengers that much? <laughs> like, is that is that you think that was a good good call? Um, I love Final Fantasy fourteen as much as the next guy, but like people make missteps. And FromSoft, like I don't even have to mention Bethesda, right? But FromSoft so far has not squandered that goodwill that they built up with their community, and they tend to cultivate it even when they do reuse concepts and build upon them. So. Basically, I, what Jake is saying is jump ship, uh, <laughs> yeah, from your shitty fandoms and join the cool one. I mean, yes, that's that's essentially what I'm saying. Like, don't pre-order games in general. Oh no, no, I do not. sometimes uh, because I can't. I don't have my own standards. But if I were to pre-order a game upcoming, um, and thus <laughs> inadvertently doom the fan base based off of my previous decisions, uh, it would be Elden Ring. It looks really good. And the fact, like, I realize I'm just chaining comments, but, like, looking back to 
when Cyberpunk came out. They didn't show actual gameplay release reviewable content until like the week before, maybe two weeks at most before launch. Elden Ring doesn't come out for like another two months. And they literally gave away the first part of the game visually, like in video form to all these people. Um, this is why I send pictures to, to anybody before I get married to them. Mm-hmm. We'll let them know what's, what's up before I get on the plane. Um, <laughs> I'm just imagining it's like this is the mail order husband that you're ordering. And just picture of Dave smiling. <laughs> Looking straight at the camera. <laughs> it's funny if you can see my facial expression, but uh, imagine it's slightly mischievous, but also heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I would never say to anybody like as much backing as I have for FromSoft and their stuff. I would still not tell people like, hey, just go in blind to something because everyone else says it's good. Right. In general, the purpose of a business is to make sales. The way they do that is by saying, hey, here's what we're offering. Isn't it cool? Isn't it great? Sometimes it can be. And sometimes it'd be a big pile of shit. Um, right. Cyberpunk being an example of it was not marketed uh, for what was sold. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallout 76, um, No Man's Sky, like you name it. Like right. there have been definite, definite missteps in the gaming industry as far as what's marketed versus what you actually get. Mm-hmm. So part of it is like knowing the game company and their history, not to say that like FromSoft could make a mistake for sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I haven't had that experience yet. So I will wait to be disappointed. Yeah. I'm not going to pre-order it, per se. I'm just looking forward to it. Right. I might, if the Green Man Gaming version is cheaper, if I pre-order it, I'm probably going to do that. (laughs) Um, Because it's it's less expensive. I'm going to buy it, right? (laughs) um, I'll just wait until you're done. I'll borrow your copy. That's that's not what's going to happen. We'll do an episode on eventually. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. This is a joke, because Dave, like, routinely like just slides games into my console gaming space of like switch and playstation variety um and i'm like huh i just kind of like shove them back into the corner of the room it's <laughs> eventually potentially play them i got like a dancing game on loan from you what i have it definitely has some sort of rhythm dancey thing and then katamari uh katamari damacy and um i want to circle back off podcast what dancing game you're borrowing from me <laughs> I feel like I have at least something. I don't know. I haven't looked that closely at it. I was like, thanks, Dave. And then again, <laughs> I turned turned back to my computer and <laughs> neglected him for the rest of the visit. No, um, no I, I, I would be very surprised if um, this is not a day one pickup for both of us. It would have represented a massive red flag coming out between now and january and my heart can't handle that okay i need something (laughs) yeah um cyberpunk did you dirty they Mm -hmm. delayed 14 i don't know if you really play that anymore though not actively i'm waiting for the expansion more or less okay but you will hop on once it's up and live yeah yeah but get the get the, the gang back together and do some social stuff across the holidays should be fun yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to playing Destiny 2 with everybody again. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
wants to make that game not shit, I'll definitely play with you guys, yeah. <laughs> they t- they're taking Gambit out. I realize we're literally at the end of the recording, but that's one of the things they were sunsetting was legitimately like half of the PvP scene just being sunsetted, um, which is a decision. Yeah. <laughs> next next episode, we'll talk about sunsetting. <laughs> It'll be like, what what games do this? Uh, and the only example will be Destiny 2. <laughs> um, I had only heard that term previously, like, in a job context. Mm-hmm. So, like, For sunsetting you do. <laughs> I mean, I inadvertently did kind of get laid off from that job. Um, <laughs> but it was in regards to an application that would no longer be supported in the future. So they're kind of uh, be like, yeah. eh, we'll get people to stop using it. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Just like you're just going to condition people like you throw away their lunch every time that they actually use the application, but you never explain it. And eventually they're just like, it (laughs) seems like (laughs) I I, someone always eats my lunch when I use this application. Yeah, you just give them a a negative association with it. Mm -hmm. Ring a bell. And people hate bells. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things other than Elden Ring um, that we were never going to talk about because um, I don't know. I mean, like it's the, the only thing we have for content in the coming year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all I've been waiting for all of my life. So don't take this from me, please. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. we'll definitely talk about some other things we've been playing recently in the next talk cast. And we definitely won't mention it in the first 10 minutes of another episode. That's very true. But if you guys have anything you'd like us to mention in the first minutes of the next episode, you can always send that in. Soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on Facebook. It's a social network, I think. Facebook.com slash Soapstone Podcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.